You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Alter Echo podcast. It is so good to be with you this weekend. This is the last weekend of the month of March, which means we are at the end of the season of Lent already. This is the last Sunday in the season of Lent. A week from this weekend, we will already be celebrating Palm Sunday, and that will launch us into this story and journey of Jesus all the way to the cross to the tomb, and finally on Easter Sunday to the empty tomb. We are just two weeks away from that. I hope that you are in a place in your life right now where your faith keeps you looking forward with hope and with peace. That isn't always the case in our lives, and I think that the gospel today especially will speak to those times and experiences that we have sometimes on an ongoing basis of needing a word that draws us forward, and a truth that is beyond what we can muster and manufacture for ourselves. Of course, this is the, this is the nature of faith. This is the foundation for us, that there is our God in our life who gives us so much more than we could ever imagine and hope for and certainly create for ourselves. This is why we are here. Today, I'm going to read um, a long version, and yet it'll be a little bit abridged from what is really appointed for this Sunday, from the Gospel of John. It's John chapter 11. This is the death and, and then the resurrection of Lazarus. And Jesus' proclamation, one of his I am statements, and in fact, his most important one, I am the resurrection and the life. So will you come with me into John chapter 11? You can get your Bibles and pause this podcast if you want. And I'm going to start at verse 17 and read to 45, and then we'll talk about this on the other side. Now, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And those who live and believe in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at that place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. 
When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there's a stench, because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I've said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his feet and hands bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to him, unbind them. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. Dear friends, this is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I'm going to cut to a little bit of a chase today. In church on Sunday, we have about 25 young people taking and, and being part of their first communion. And so this sermon will be part of a, a larger, more wonderful, even more wonderful festival and, and celebration for all of these kids and their families. But here's the chase I want to cut to. I'm really struck in this passage by verses 38 to 45. Jesus really is making the point that faith is everything. That trust in, in Jesus and who he is and what he does is the chief goal of our lives. We are to follow him, to trust him, to put ourselves into his way of looking at things and doing things and thinking and helping that come into a reality for us as well, that our, our trust is an outcome, our faith is an outcome of, of deep trust, of, of, of throwing ourselves into Jesus' perspective, which means letting go of some of the perspectives in our own minds that limit us. And here's one of them. We probably primarily think of resurrection just like Mary and Martha both did that the resurrection will be a gift to us. And here's grace, but will be a gift to us after we die. After Jesus comes and returns and, and draws us up and the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting happens. I want to tell you today that that's a limiter. That's, that's a limiting thought. It's wonderful, but it's only one 
perspective on what resurrection can be. Here's what I think Jesus is doing in this story. He has raised Lazarus to show the people a preview of what will happen two weeks later, in our case, on our calendar, two weeks later on Easter Sunday, so that they've already gotten a glimpse and started to think about what resurrection is. That resurrection for Jesus and with Jesus happens in real time. When he says, I am the resurrection and the life, he means resurrection and then life after it happens in real time, in the present moment. And I think this story and this experience of him raising Lazarus is Jesus planting a seed, being like a really good farmer, planting a seed for people so that that seed can grow, so that by the time Jesus is raised from the dead on Easter Sunday, people look at that and say, yes, we've seen this before. We've caught a glimpse of this before. It started to take hold and take root in our minds, and that resurrection of Jesus, once and for all, for good, forever, is real. We've seen him raise somebody from the dead. We've seen him give life to somebody after death. And now, God is showing us that this is everything. This is what God is all about. God is about raising people and giving them new life after every kind of death. So the seed planted is this, that God is about raising people and giving them life. I am the resurrection and the life, giving them life after every death. So here's what I'm going to do on Sunday. I've got some placards all made up that look like old seed packets. Well, actually even better, that look like the signs that you see in farm fields that are on stakes at the end of a row that tell you what kind of seed was planted in that particular row. And I'm going to put them at the ends of some of the pews on Sunday, and I'll put on my John Deere hat so I look a little bit like a farmer because the title of this sermon is Farmer Jesus. And then I'm going to go up and down those rows, and I'm going to tell people what some of the resurrections in real time in our life can be. And so maybe I'm just going to describe a few of them to you today. I think I've got about seven or eight here. And just think on this. Let this be a bit of a seed planting mission for you in your mind. When Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, he means I am here to raise people in real time from every death they experience, and I'm here to give them life after those deaths. So let's just start with the one that we all think of as we hear about resurrection. It is life in heaven after we die, after our mortal bodies are gone and our physical life is over. That is, of course, the one resurrection that we all hope for and think of, and I believe that we truly trust in and look forward to. So that's one of the placards at the end of one of the rows on a post today. But how about this one? How about a restored relationship with someone with whom you've had a falling out? Jesus raises us by calling us to participate in reconciliation. And that Maybe in the case uh, of our lives, not every relationship can be restored after it has kind of died, but some can. 
And why wouldn't we think of Jesus working in us and through us and in another person so that two people can reconcile again and begin over, start over, begin again? I believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life after that resurrection for people who come together and say that they're sorry and ask each other to help work things out so that they can start over. I believe this is true. Or how about this? How about every new day being not just a sign, but an experience of resurrection? That after a night's sleep, after the day is done that we have sometimes toiled through or suffered through or worried through, and we've been given the gift of a night's sleep and rest, how about every new day not just being a symbol of resurrection, but an actual experience of it? When you wake up to a new day of grace in Christ and the new possibilities are ahead of you, that is Jesus being the resurrection and the life. How about having new eyes of faith? <laughs> Perhaps today is one of those days. Maybe you've been given some new eyes of faith just by hearing about Jesus being the resurrection and the life in real time in your living life right now, in our lives together going forward. Maybe your new faith says, wait a minute, I see more possibilities here than I imagined before. I had in my own vision, a limited vision that has been expanded greatly today. That's like resurrection from something old and lesser to something new and more possible. New eyes of faith are like resurrection and new life in that new, in new resurrection. How about this one? New life after divorce or grief, the loss of someone so beloved in your life or the loss of a job. We maybe have been through those things. I've been through some of them. <laughs> And I know that there were times when I ever wondered if the dust could ever settle, and yet it did. And there are new possibilities ahead out of that. I have become, in some ways, a different person, a broader person because of those experiences. That's like new life. There's resurrection after the death of a, of a marriage or a job or a loved one. And life goes on, and new good life can happen as well. How about the new identity we receive in baptism? That we have the sense, because God has told us this, Christ has told us this, that we, after our births, are taken into God's arms and are given a blessing that takes us far beyond this single mortal life that we live, that we are children of God, beloved in the kingdom of heaven, and the promise is forever. That's resurrection and new life. When we go down into that water, our sins are put to death by God's grace. And out of that death comes a new person, a baptized child of God, beloved forever. How about this one? Jesus with us in times of fear. Sometimes those are the times when we feel the most alone, the most in need. And yet, Jesus promises us that those are the times when he comes to us perhaps most, when we think we are most alone. Jesus never abandons that last final sheep who is out there bleeding, lost feeling. Jesus, the good shepherd, comes after that sheep. And in that time of 
darkness and death, what we think of as our own final lostness, fear, you know, powerlessness, vulnerability, there we look and there is Jesus the Good Shepherd drawing us into his embrace. This is new life. This is the end of fear and the beginning of new trust again and gratitude. And then finally, how about this one? How about new life after sin through forgiveness? How powerful is it when you go to communion? How powerful will it be when those kids who are coming to First Communion for the first time in, on Sunday and who grow in faith time and time and time again will go to the communion table, will put out their hands and receive the body and the blood, the bread and the wine, and hear Jesus say to them, this is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And we trust it. And we walk away believing Jesus has forgiven us so that we can start over and be new and do things differently. We've given a, been given another chance, a new lease on life. That's resurrection from the death of our own sins. That's resurrection to a new chance. It's in real time. Jesus comes to his people and he says, everyone, I am the resurrection and the life after this resurrection. I'm giving it to you. I'm here for you, and I'm showing you my power to do this by raising my friend Lazarus. And when you come to Easter Sunday and you see me die on the cross on Good Friday and go into the tomb, and on Easter I'm not there because I'm raised, you will have had that seed planted in your mind, and you will say to yourself, this is real. This is what God is all about. This is what God does for me and for the world. God is all about raising people to new life after deaths, all sorts of deaths, and giving us life after it, new life. Will you rest on that promise today as that seed is planted in you anew, dear friends, by Farmer Jesus? How grateful we are for the seed planting that Jesus does that brings us to faith so that we might believe as he wants us to. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. 
And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.